RadioInfluence.com. The future is now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Friday edition of the Dark Delight Podcast with... Thank God, it's Frankly Val and... <laughs> that was a good one. Beans! Beans! Um, it's, it's, we've got a, a lot to talk about today, Frank. Um, so much happened in like two days. Yeah. I don't know how long it's going to take us to get through like the, the nitty gritty of it, but I know that you're not like one of those people that reads legal filings, so... Right. Ask me all the questions that you want to, because this will help inform you for your show for sure. Um, but we had probably one, two, three, four legal things happen in the past couple of days that we need to talk about. So number one, let's start with the let's start with the Trump, the Trump raid shebang. OK, so a week or so after the judge. So Trump sues the government. And says, uh, judge in Florida, please appoint a special master to keep an eye on what's going on with this with this seizure of my stuff and make sure that they're not using privileged materials or things that they shouldn't have. And if they are using those things, return them to me because they never should have had them under the scope of this warrant. And the judge says, you know what, that's fair. Um, I'll grant that for you, but you know, I'm not going to stop the government from doing whatever intelligence community review they're doing of these documents, but you guys clearly admit that you've taken things you shouldn't. We need someone to look at this outside of the government, outside of his, you know, Trump side, come back to me with a list of people that are mutually agreeable and, and I'll choose from those people who should be the special master. Okay. Typically it's a retired judge, a lawyer, somebody former government, usually nine times out of 10, especially in a case such like this, they will have a clearance already, an active clearance that they, you know, so they don't have to go through clearance to be able to look at the stuff that they're looking at. So the government waits about a week or so, and then they file a notice of appeal saying okay. they, they're, they're appealing the judge's appointment of a special master that the judge shouldn't have done it. She had no standing to do it. And a special master isn't warranted. And as a matter of fact, if you listen to the talking heads all over television, it's an affront to democracy. It does seem so because of course it's, it's a, uh, it's a, it's an unexpected bump in the road in their plans to destroy democracy. Yeah. I mean, there is literally no reason why if they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, they wouldn't welcome a special master at this point because knowing like, let's say they, they think that they've got Donald Trump dead to rights on whatever it is that they're accusing him of, which, you know, is basically taking classified information and keeping it for himself. It That's, actually changes day to day. It, it does. It does. What's the last you heard? Well, I mean, the last time we were together, uh, it w- was Wednesday morning, and that's when we were back to not only that there was nuclear codes he took, but that he was actually selling them on the black market. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. It, it's <laughs> like he's going to eBay and stuff. One of the reasons that they wanted the special master was specifically because of these leaks that are coming out like nonsense, absolute and utter nonsense. But. You know, look, it changes every day. You're absolutely right. So so you've got an American public who's broadly split on this. Actually, I would argue most of them think that it's bull, but they're pretty much, you know, I guess 70, 30 on it. 
And you want to reassure that 60 to 70 percent of the population that, you know what, this is legit and everything's on the up and up here. You would say as the DOJ who, you know, puts themselves out there is so fair and just and honest. Yes, we welcome the addition of a special master to this case. We think it's good in the interest of transparency and fairness in some, in a, you know, an issue so important to have a special master. But no, mm-mm. they decide that they're going to appeal her ruling. And not only that, they also file for a stay at the same time. So what they they filed for is for the judge to say, Okay, there are 100 classified documents that we found here, Judge. We want you to take the special master off of the task of looking at those 100 documents. First of all, they ignore completely when they file that this person may have a clearance and may be able to look at them. Mm -hmm. And then they threaten the judge. If you don't allow this stay, we're going to appeal again to the 11th Circuit. Basically like. Bitch, do what I say or else. It was something to behold. And what was the response? There hasn't been one yet. Actually, yes, there has. I'm sorry. She responded and said, um, Donald Trump team, come back, please, and let us know what your thoughts are about this. Like, why do you, why would you object to this? Then, then they filed again wanting to unseal Something the government wanted to unseal. I'm I'm having a hard time pinpointing exactly what it is. It has something to do with the stuff that was taken Um, and they want to unseal it all. And President Trump is saying, no, that's that's basically the government wants to unseal things that may be perceived as embarrassing to Donald Trump. Donald Trump is saying, I don't want that stuff unsealed. It's basically nobody's business. And the the government went to the judge and said, oh, we're all about transparency. Let's unseal this. There's no reason not to. So knowing how the government operates, the fact that they're pushing for something to be unsealed yeah. means to me that it's it's something that they're going to be able to weaponize against him. Right. Yeah. I, and I, yeah. It's, it's such a convoluted rat's nest. It's because, terrible. Yeah, because I, I was even thinking, too, in the back of my head, in the back of my head, it, it, it's, it's been kicking around there, too, that, you know, every scandal every big controversy that they've thrown in our faces, it has really never come to any conclusion. They, obviously they, they indict themselves in the, in the public for whoever's willing to, to pay attention, but it really is just about being able to keep people's minds occupied with something until the next thing is transitioned into. And I just think that there, there could always just be a possibility that they're doing this knowing that they have the political and the bureaucratic capital to do whatever the hell they want without getting away with it, even if they don't get their man. But um, they're going to try to indict. They're going to try to get their photo ops. They're going to try to keep pushing this. But uh, in, in the in the long run, it could always just be a a big, hey, your man mishandled classified documents, too. Uh, this this whole you know going after people like the Clinton stuff is it's just par for the course, and it's just a whole bunch of nonsense. And and if if I hear the the, the uh, those rumors, which were pretty, you know, they weren't just rumor mill internet stuff. It was getting around to some pretty big outlets about the Biden White House uh, uh, considering the idea of pardoning Donald Trump preemptively. Did you see that? Yeah, I did that. I don't think that would 
ever happen in a million trillion years. I, I mean, I mean, I think if it did ever happen, it would only be because we're we're playing the psych war game. That is just, you know, a, 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 a way for demons to pretend like they're semi-human mm. to let bygones be bygones because it doesn't cost them anything because there's nothing really here. If it was a real crime, they'd go for him and they'd they'd they'd, uh, they'd hang him by his, his ankles. But um, I I just don't know. It's it's all so convoluted. And the, as much time as we put into this, which is necessary, by the way, just to be able to navigate through this period on the timeline. What are we going to be talking about in six months? I mean, hopefully we'll be talking about how the the House and the Senate are whomping the Democrats up the up the side of the head with all the nonsense that they, you know what I mean? Like that'd, that'd be wonderful. Yeah, that's ho- we need a reprieve. We need a breath. We need this to stop for a little while. Like this is getting absolutely absurd because it's not just that. OK, we're going to stay on Trump for a few minutes. Um, th- there there are several more things going on here. OK. They're going after, first of all, <laughs> this article came out. Trump pushed officials to prosecute his critics, ex-U.S. attorney says. A book by former a former top federal prosecutor offers new details about how the Justice Department under President Trump sought to use the U.S. Attorney's Office in Manhattan to support Mr. Trump politically and pursue his critics, even pushing the office to open a criminal investigation of former Secretary of State John Kerry. This is such bullshit. This is from Jeffrey Berman. This is, I believe, the guy who started the Epstein case. The book paints a picture of the Justice Department officials motivated by a partisan bipartisan concerns in pursuing investigations or blocking them. How timely that a reflective book such as this would hit the airwaves. I mean, come on. Come on. You've got to be kidding me. You think that these people think we're stupid. They really do. Jeffrey Berman. What? What? Oh, give me a break. Anybody who's I'm not going to say it. Never mind. Because I might insult somebody in the audience. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I understand. He, I understand what you're saying. It's because what was the other thing? Um, uh, ah, shoot. I just you had triggered a memory of something for me and now it's gone. So well, all right. maybe you'll remember again when I talk about this next. Another thing. The Trump Save America PAC formation and spending eyed by federal grand jury. I mean, how much are they going? People are going to get Trump indictment fatigue like they're pursuing this man from every possible angle. They're pursuing him from the SEC angle for Truth Social. They're pursuing him from the the um, the uh, DWAC uh, financial merger. They're pursuing him for his pack now. They're pursuing him for January 6th. They're pursuing him for classified documents. I mean, talk about lawfare of the highest order. It's tiring for not to mention all the civil suits they've got going again. This poor guy. I'm sorry. Say what you will about President Trump. This man is the most persecuted living political figure in recent in, in, in history ever. Can you name I, I, anyone I think else? That people notice that already, though. I, I depend, despite what they put on the uh, in the headlines, the projection headlines. The, despite that, uh, I think it's very obvious that people see this because all throughout, all throughout, Trump has never gotten but bumps in support and increase in support, which has only left 
his opposition to do even more ridiculous things to stay ahead and to keep their heads afloat. But they have the media. Um, for example, actually multiple examples, um, trying to create momentum out of nowhere, dead in the water. They're, they're spending all this time uh, you know, running after Trump, completely obsessed with him, at the same time demonizing more than half of the American uh, citizenry as many times at whatever possibility or possible opportunity they have. And yet, whenever they need to create so-called momentum, they just print a whole bunch of headlines about how a sudden surge in momentum. Yeah. When they need when they need some kind of hope in the polls, they just have their people print that there has been huge bumps in the polls. They say that Roe versus Wade, the Dobbs decision uh, opinion, uh, was a major boon for for uh, Democrats going into this November, and it wasn't. There, it did not move the needle at all. But they keep saying it does. I just saw a headline yesterday that said that now it is now seventy percent chance that Senate's take firm control. Uh, the the de- Democrats take firm control of the Senate. I how how. how where where do they get that from? I don't know. But well, they keep I saying mean, it. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't help when. You've got Mitch McConnell and and Ronna McDaniel out there saying that we're not going to win. I mean, they don't want us to win. Who says that? If you're in this dire straits that we're in in this country right now, and you're a le- you're a leader of a of a quote party that is there to you know defeat this this totalitarian authoritarian rule, do you come out months before an election and say we're probably not going to take the Senate, guys? Just just pack it up. Yeah. No. no. So, I mean, all of your points are very, very valid. I And they do manufacture things. I keep I, I say it all the time. This is the, you know, 60 day before the election. Um, polls are swinging in the other direction with with no data or, or misinterpreted data to back it up. What American do you know today that is that is satisfied with the direction we're headed in? Do you know anyone? No. No Even apolitical people. Do you know anyone who's like, yeah, I love paying four dollars a gallon in, you know, a state where you usually pay two? No, it's it's either people are vocally upset about everything or they are indifferent and they don't pay attention. But, but it's harder being it's, it's uh, the luxury of being indifferent is not really available for most people, too, because like you said, very necessary everyday things like gas is. Has been affected. They're and trying to prolong our um, our using of the the strategic oil reserves until after the midterms so badly. We are so depleted there. Meanwhile, the UK just boosts up fracking again. Hmm. All we have to do is turn on the damn pipeline. Well, I, I can't. They have a new king that is very, very, uh, they uh, very against climate change. I can't believe that the fracking has continued. They just they just started it again because they they're look, they're facing an energy crisis worse than California over there right now. And they've got cold ass winners, cold winners. Funny in California, they're like, guys, don't charge your electric cars. okay? I know. (laughs) I know. And 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 the timing of it was especially hilarious because they uh, I think it was like a day after they they passed some kind of in-state legislation about how they're they're banning the sale of gas powered cars. How can that that to me is just so mind boggling how the government can come in and say you are not allowed to buy this. Well, I I don't think it's you're I don't think you're not allowed to 
own one, like you can, if you have it as a, if you're like grandfathered in or else everybody in California would be a, a felon or most people are, but still, um, I don't think I, I haven't looked into it, but I have to imagine that you're grandfathered in and used car sales among people are still going to be available, but they just want to be able to create a, create some sort of a uh, culture where new cars are no longer allowed to be sold so that eventually 10 years down the road, it's not, and then they're going to start blaming just like with the guns, uh, people bringing cars in from From, Nevada. I was just about to say that (laughs) people are just going to go to Arizona or Nevada to buy a car. That's all. The climate is still getting worse here in California. Not because, not because our policies are bad, but because people keep bringing cars in from other States. (laughs) That's you do not put it past these absolute brain dead losers to say that. So um, still staying in Trump world, Frank, again, I told you how busy it is today. Um, today, this morning, breaking a judge in Florida has dismissed the lawsuit that Trump brought against basically everyone and their mother for Spygate. He dismissed it with prejudice in a 65 page opinion that absolutely decimates President Trump's argument. And I got to be honest with you, I said this from the beginning, it was a very weak case only because of uh, statute of limitations. There wasn't enough factual background. They didn't update the complaint with happenings that were going on. It was so many parties that it was nearly impossible to keep track of. I mean, it was such a broad, you know, wide ranging lawsuit. The complaint was something like 800 paragraphs long, which is is very frowned upon when you go into court. Um, I just knew from the beginning that after they started tinkering around with the initial complaint that they filed, that this was not going to go anywhere. The judge ruled that um, like President Trump couldn't sue James Comey, Peter Strzok, Lisa Page in their uh, personal capacity. They had to sue them as the government. So he basically removed all of them from the lawsuit in their personal capacity and replaced them with the United States government because the alleged actions happened when they were working for the government. Right. And then in a 65 page ruling today, he dismissed it with prejudice and he even discussed sanctions against Trump and his attorneys for filing it in the first place. And I'm sorry to say it. I understand why I don't think it's a politically targeted decision. It just wasn't a not that that it wasn't true, not that the, that we don't all obviously, you know, that me of all people believe that Donald Trump was targeted by the government in Spygate. Please. The lawsuit was just poor. It was just poor. So uh, a foolhardy move that has now because it was it was dismissed with prejudice. Yeah. Means that he no longer has any recourse in the matter. Yeah, pretty much. Not only that, the. The statute of limitations was up for a lot of this stuff. It's been um, all, that's right. It's been what seven years since it began. Yeah, and I mean, you know, like these these defendants all got together and said, you know what, this is this is there's so many things wrong with this. Just just in in structurally, the, it was a, basically a RICO case against everybody. And while he's right to you know to say that he should have some legal recourse for what they did to him doing it this way was it was just not legally sound. It just it just wasn't. There were so many gaping holes. I was reading the motions in response, the motions to dismiss from all these different parties. Some of them joined together. Some of them didn't. And they were all on stand on firm legal ground and saying, what are you even doing here? Like, I'm sorry to say it. It sucks to say it, but I'm just being honest. It, It just was not a well done, well done escapade. 
Yeah. So it's over. That's it. And he could be forced to pay. The lawyers could get in trouble that filed it because of what they did. Um, you know, because let's pretend we don't know who the parties are and it's not, you know, the idiots and the morons and the tyrants and the devil worshipers in government. Right. Let's say it's Joe Blow on the street and Joe Blow A from down the street and Joe Blow A files a lawsuit that's completely outside the realm of anything because it's been 20 years since Joe Blow B, you know, called him a jerk in front of his family. Right. Mm-hmm. And then Joe Blow B has to hire like high priced attorneys to try and fight something that isn't even applicable anymore. There's got to be some recourse for B. Yeah, you're right. And that's just that just sucks that uh, he uh, inflicted this wound on himself and or it ended up being a self-inflicted wound and that that, that the, his lawyers didn't uh, pause to say to really question how airtight this was. It, it, if they would have gotten to discovery, it would have been glorious. But there was I, I said it at the time. There was just no way this lawsuit surviving. It just there was just no way. It just no way. So that's done. Um, and, you know, there's a, of course, everybody in the comments is like, oh, this is political. And I'm. I'm I'm like afraid to tell them how bad it was. <laughs> like I'm afraid to say, guys, actually, no, this one is not. Uh he has the judge has very firm grounds to stand on when and, and his opinion is so detailed. I mean, he goes through everything line by line and and, and explains it. I, I almost want to read the first paragraph of this. Hold on. Um let, let me just read it for you so you understand. It it's it's brutal. Um Plaintiff initiated this lawsuit on March 24th, 2022, alleging the defendants, blinded by political ambition, orchestrated a malicious conspiracy to disseminate patently false and injurious information about Donald Trump and his campaign, all in the hopes of destroying his life, his political career and rigging rigging the 2016 presidential election in favor of Hillary Clinton. On this general premise, plaintiff brings a claim for violations of the Racketeer Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act, which is RICO predicated on the theft of trade secrets, obstruction of justice, and wire fraud. He additionally brings claims for injurious falsehood, malicious prosecution, violations of the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act, theft of trade secrets under the Defend Trade Secrets Act of 2016, and violations of the Stored Communications Act. Um, Plaintiff's theory of the case set forth over 527 paragraphs in the first 118 pages of the amended complaint is difficult to summarize in a concise and cohesive manner. It was certainly not presented that way. Nevertheless, I will attempt to distill it here. And he goes on and and basically tries to summarize four years worth of Spygate to get to the point, which is there's no legal standing the way you've presented this. And it's been a waste of our time. Mm. Very sad. And this is the case where everybody recused. Reinhardt recused from it. All like six recusals on this case. Remember? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I welcome people who have really followed this to disagree with me. I would I would entertain your disagreements after I followed this case from the beginning and read every, every bit of it. And I have not talked about it because I found it to be very embarrassing. So. Yeah, well, that's a well, lot stinks. Yeah. But I if you really I was wondering where that was going to go. Yeah. If you want a really good summary of Spygate, read the complaint. You know, it's a good story. It's about 118 pages of Spygate. It's almost like they wrote a short book. So there's that. Like the judge complains that they didn't up update their complaint because they were suing Sussman and they reference, you know, every bit of his indictment in the amended complaint and then don't refile to say he was 
um, acquitted. Yeah. Anyway, so moving right along. What the hell was that? Me tapping the desk? No, no, it was a bigger boom. It's right, right above me. Hopefully, it's just Aurora throwing her water bottle again. Oh, that she's in that stage. Well, she's been throwing it for a long time. I mean, she turns two on next Wednesday, but she's just been she's like Aurora. Terrible. Are you twos. are you done? Yes, yes, all done. Okay, well then that's what you say. Then we'll take everything away. Nope. Tossing it. Got to throw it. As they like to say in school, yeet. Yeah. Well. They're yeeting it. She's yeeting her water bottle. Anyway, Steve Bannon, Frank. Yeah, I heard he surrendered in New York. He sure did. He surrendered in New York. And this is a very interesting case. And I've been going back and forth with someone about it um, for, you know, a good day now. Just just because of a few things. They brought this case against Bannon in 2020 on the federal level. It was Bannon. I believe it was Colfidge. Um, yeah, it was Brian Colfidge. I was right. Um, who started We Build the Wall, right? And they sued, the, the, the federal government went after them criminally because Colfidge and Bannon, um, more Colfidge, went nationally and said that they were not taking a dime or a penny of any of the money that was raised for themselves. They were using it all to fund the wall, right? Okay. And then the federal government poked around and found I don't know, probably $1.5 million that was given to them directly, allegedly. So there, so he does have something to, something to answer for. Um, yes, in my opinion, yes, he does. Now, I, remember, I remember when the, the news came out about these, these private endeavors to raise money for the wall, and it just seemed like a bad idea for ever, anybody, uh, anybody. Yeah, yeah. I, with such a, a large... I mean, this is a construction project that needs to be undertaken by either uh, states that are living on the border and other state governments that are going to compact with them out of joint concern for national security, which should be the case since the federal government is not only delinquent, but they are actually running a an operation to diminish our national security. Uh, but it, it's such a large it operation on a construction standpoint alone that it's just you know you know what the forces the forces involved that actually want this to fail i would i wouldn't touch that with a mile long pole well they had a a mission and their mission was to raise enough money to build the wall themselves because obviously the government was stopping funding for it and all yeah. that nonsense at the time. So they started this organization and they did that. But apparently, allegedly, as per this indictment that was filed federally, they they lied about it. Now, Colfidge has been convicted and is wait, awaiting sentencing. The We Build the Wall Corporation or entity has been convicted, I believe, um, and has restitution. Um, I have to go back and reread the case because I kind of dropped it once Bannon was pardoned because President Trump pardoned Steve Bannon. In that case, before he left office. But this is civil, you said. No, no. So he was pardoned at the federal level. The president cannot pardon state criminal charges. Okay. So he was pardoned at the federal level. Now, the reason this is a federal case is because the alleged victims are nationwide. So all of the donors are the alleged victims in this incident. They're they're scattered across the country, interstate, across, 
you know, the entire country. So obviously bring it at the federal level. Right. Well, New York has decided that since um, a little over 100 of the people that donated apparently were in New York, that they're going to bring the case at the state level because the people in New York were injured in the same way that the federal defense, the federal um, plaintiffs were. So they criminally charged Bannon for the same exact thing that he was charged for federally, but at the state level. Now, I've never seen Bannon be able to mount a defense. So I've never seen what his defense to this is. Maybe he didn't do any of the things that they're accusing him of doing. I have no idea. Maybe he didn't, you know, move the money through a shell corporation. Maybe he didn't. Maybe he didn't do any of it. Maybe it's all bullshit. At this point, anything is possible. Um, So I'll be interested to see his defense. But the other thing that we've been talking about is this. What if those hundred people come forward and say, we're not interested in pressing charges? What happens? Uh, they'll make a hundred people. I don't know. Like you said, like you said, in I think the last time that we brought this up, um, it, it's it's just New York. It's just New York, that predatory uh, leftist um, culture that is really behind all this stuff. So if those people don't want to come, for, I mean, that would be a, a great advantage for him. I, I'm sure he's he's looking for some bright sides to all this. Has he uh, made any statements? And during the time now that he has surrendered in the state of new york does that mean that until this is all all settled and and done with is he not going to be able to do his show or is he going to be released on bail until trial well i mean they release murderers on bail in new york so okay so then maybe he'll be able to do his show in the interim he probably won't be able to talk about too much of the details of the case but um would by your estimation or anybody else's estimation is this a situation that will carry more than a year in jail. Yes. Okay. Yes. And so it's it's not just going to be a fine or repaying. No, because no, no. And I, I mean, I, 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 it's so effed up. I mean, the whole thing is just so messed up. Like I, I legally, like we were arguing venue jurisdiction, double jeopardy, um, all kinds of different concepts with this. I don't know what his first legal filing will be. He did turn himself in yesterday and called into a show right afterwards. So, you know, he's out. Um, but I, I don't know what I, I'm so interested to see what his defense is going to be um, in this, because it's it's basically a carbon copy of the federal lawsuit just shrunk down to a tyrannical state like New York. And then I'm just curious, since there's only 100 something, quote, victims. Right. And if those victims are living in New York and they're all conservative and they all get together and stand up and say, we're not interested in pressing charges on this. We're the victims of this, quote, crime and we're not harmed. Can they still keep this case going? Like the the state hasn't named who those people are, but I'm sure that We Build the Wall has records of who donated from New York. So this is all on behalf of. 100 individuals. Yeah, yes. And so where's the crime? Like if somebody so, th- so this is a civil case then. No, it's a criminal case. Okay. It, that the New York state is criminally charging Bannon on behalf of the 100 or so individuals that were harmed financially by the alleged infraction he's caused. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. Frank, it's bullshit. Like I'm like, can we talk about the Clinton Foundation seriously? Like it's such bullshit. There's no other way to explain this at all. And, and, you know, I, I don't know, is he guilty of it or not? I have no freaking idea, but that's not really the point right now. The point is, if those hundred, like if somebody, if there is an assault and the victim or a rape, God forbid, and the victim comes forward and says, I'm not interested in pressing charges, the, the government can, I think, technically 
continue on with the prosecution. But I think there's a, a big hurdle to overcome when that happens. I would love a lawyer to, to chime in on this if they could get those hundred something people to write an affidavit or come forward and say, I'm not interested in, in pursuing charges on this. We, we weren't harmed. We, we donated willingly. And if they took the money, freaking great. They needed to be paid for the work they were doing. You know well, what I mean? That, that's when that's when New York uh, uh, Attorney General will write a counter letter and say, well, you may not want to press charges, but we are completely offended. Yeah. Personally, we are personally offended by Steve Bannon's presence on this earth and we want him. <laughs> like i mean i'm just like i i looked up steve bannon's name to try and find the federal complaint again to read through everything in the case and get myself familiar with it again and he has been sued so many times that nobody even realizes like it's like holy crap like yeah he needs that million dollars to pay for lawyers from these people like gosh with the abuse of the talk about sanctions Whew. Man, oh, man, it's ridiculous. The lawfare going on is absolutely ridiculous. But it's worse. It's worse than anything, because I'd rather everybody just get into slap fights. Seriously. (laughs) At least you you go you go out to the playground and, you you know, you, you bare knuckle it a little bit. And that's it. Like Gracie did on the New York City subway. Did you see that? No. Oh, my gosh. So if anybody likes UFC or any any sort of jujitsu or anything like that, the Gracie name should be like ringing bells off in your head. They're like they basically founded for like like they're they're the family, the Gracie family. So he was speaking Portuguese on the phone to say it wasn't Royce. um, I forget who it was, but he was speaking in Portuguese on the subway platform to one of his friends. And somebody had the balls to say to him, speak English. Right. And and they got into a fight and this guy absolutely decimated the, the 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 man who told him to speak English. I mean, imagine picking a random fight with someone on the New York City subway and it happens to be a freaking Gracie. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> no. So anyway, that happened. Um, so I think that's our legal updates uh, for the day. Um, but I have a bunch more stuff. First of all, let's toss this back while. What do we do here? Okay, I'll give you topics to pick from. We've got a thread with brief clips from The View that is basically about the uh, clip you played of Ducey questioning Jean-Pierre's claims about the 2016 election. Yeah. We have the MLB rule changes I thought would be like a little bit of a different thing to toss back and forth with each other. And then we have the UK government report about kids and the vaccination and then a Carrie Lake clip too. Yeah. Now the UK, they, they've, they've banned it, right? Yeah. Now they have, but um, they've now come out and admitted COVID vaccinated children are 4,423% more likely to die from any cause and 13,633% more likely to die of COVID than unvaccinated children. Well, ain't that stark. It's uh, it's stunning. And I I don't know. It's very sad. No, it is. It is, especially how quickly. And, and you know, here's the here's the funny thing. Well, it's not funny. It's once again, confounding. Um, Before, I think uh, it was last week or to a couple of weeks ago before I left for vacation, we were talking about the Politico, the Politico 
uh, article that came out that that was powered by all of the movement that was now is now starting with House Democrats to blame Donald Trump for the injury and the death yeah. and all that stuff that has resulted from the vaccines, uh, namely saying that he did it for vote getting reasons. Yeah. And he's sacrificed safety and all that stuff. We said, oh, here it goes. Yep. At the same time, you have Fauci and you have this COVID czar that are coming out and saying that this shot is going to be a normal part of our life going forward. We have to keep taking it. Um, we, God gave us two arms, oh. one for the COVID shot and one for the flu shot. So so it, it, it's so confounding to hear them set up blame for all the damage being done by the shots, but at the same time, instilling in people that we are going to need to, as a personal protective measure, as a beneficial measure against illness and infection, we have to keep taking this forever. And let me tell you something, when I went to the doctors yesterday for our physicals and all that, I'm sitting down and I'm listening to other offices in the area um, do their business. Apparently, there is another doctor's office that shares space with my doctor that does nothing but COVID shots all day. And I hear the phones ringing. We got two more for Pfizer. We got three more coming in for Moderna. Well, somebody called in asking, uh, I just got my booster back in uh, May or June. Uh, am I, am I, is, it, is it okay for me to come in to get boosted again? And the nurse responds, oh, yes. Uh, it, uh, you can come in every two months if you'd like. This My new God. booster, yeah. This, they said this. She said yes. You can come in. All you need is to be able to wait two months in between shots. And this new booster is different anyway. That person's dead. They're going to die. They, they're come. It, it, they must. Be, this is just me sitting there for maybe two hours because it was me and Lauren and Aurora had to get checked all together. But in that two hours, I can't tell you the commerce that was being generated. Still, by these shots and the boosters, uh, th th they're, they're all they're all harming themselves. Uh, to to the they're, the indoctrination, the indoctrination is is a, is a, is a crime in and of itself. I just yeah, you have to. You know, uh, um, first of all, can you pause for a second? Yeah, hold on. Okay. So, just to, to answer your question, Frank, it is confounding to me. I don't understand why they're doing it. Like on the one hand. People are saying they're like we listened to the Alex Jones clip. They're trying to position this to, to put the fall on the Trump on Trump. And on the other hand, you've got these guys up there like basically saying, if you don't go out and, and get a vaccine, you're not a child of God. So, yeah, <laughs> like, I don't I don't get it. I don't I don't know what the play is. I don't know if they're in too deep now and they still need. I don't I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, because because from that standpoint, with the way that they're still pushing people going out to get it, then. uh are, are, are you what are you complaining about that you should be thanking Donald Trump for getting this life saving serum out there onto the market as soon as possible, um, especially since, you know, that your accusations of him doing this for political reasons obviously didn't pan out. He didn't win the election. Right. Yeah. So what the it, it's so odd. It's so odd. I don't know what the play is at this point. Kill as many people as possible or kill them and then blame it on Trump. I don't know. They can't yeah. blame it on Trump when these are all Biden appointees doing this. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, there's there is a lot more information in that vaccine story that is really just, you know, because the UK for everything that you want to say about these guys and the way they've been, their data has been released like they've been releasing all their data. They've been releasing it. And 
you know, we're, 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 we're looking, there's no question, especially from an actuarial standpoint that we are looking at the casualties, uh, sur- surpassing at this point, major world conflicts. It, it's terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's that. I want to, I want, I, because I love to trigger you. Okay. I want to go through, I want to go through this view thread. Now it's a thread. It's a thread of clips. Oh God. By Nicholas Fondacaro. And I don't, I, I haven't listened to all of them. So we're going to be doing this together, but, but the points that he makes are just, so this is all in reference to Peter Ducey questioning John Pierre about her tweet saying that the election was invalid in 2016. The clip we played on, on, on Wednesday, on Wednesday. Yeah. Here's Whoopi. She was doing, and also, let's also remember that she was part of moveon.org. She was not an elected official. She was, she was doing her part as an American citizen saying how she felt about an election, whether you like it or not. Everybody talks about, everybody has the right freedom of speech. So that's the difference. Let's just. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So, so, so what about the hundreds of thousands, if not millions of Americans who lost their voice on social media because they are just expressing their opinions and, and, and what you, you lose that freedom of speech once you, you get hired by the government? She's an idiot. No, no, Whoopi Goldberg, we're, we're talking about bottom of the barrel intelligence. You know, it's funny because Mike knows Whoopi Goldberg and produced a show with her for like a year and a half or something. And he will argue that she's actually very smart. And I, every time he did it, I was like, are you out of your damn listen to her? So she, so she chooses this to be her, her public persona. She She chooses to be this, this unintelligent as a public persona. I I don't know how this is choice, honestly. And then not only that, but she is a huge second amendment proponent, apparently as per him (laughs) here. Cause you know, kind of some of the folks that, uh, you know, are in office now who have denied that that uh, my Biden, goodness Biden. that Biden is president. I mean, it's just you know I, I get so frustrated because I think this is not apples and oranges. This is apples and basketballs. Yeah. Okay. After Whoopi calls it apples and basketballs, Sunny hints at this being whataboutism and goes on to say, "Here, let's listen. Gonna do this. Or remember when you did that." You know, it's no, there's no comparison well, here. You know, I, I will say I, I, I do. I don't like what about ism. I never have, you know, well, oh, you know, up. you did this. So I'm going to do this. Or remember when you did that. But I will say that there when Trump became president, I think people were so very shocked, even considering the Electoral College and, and that sort of thing. Oh, wait, wait, wait. The Electoral College, like what I read on my solo show when you couldn't make it on Monday that they literally attacked people in the electoral college, threatening them to change their votes. Yep. Uh, and that was a, that was an all out Hollywood effort. The, the, not only just what we heard from people on television, but the circulating montages of everybody uh, begging uh, uh, electors to, to be the savior of the, of their democracy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not about, not about, uh, you know, uh, a country. It's about, what they have claimed for themselves and want to preserve. Yeah, she goes on. 
the assumption was, at least mine, I'll speak for myself, that Russia must have been involved because we knew from the Mueller report that Russia had some involvement. Russia thought that they that it could benefit no. from a Trump presidency, which it did, by the way. Um, but no. I remember. No. No. no, no, which it did, by the way. <laughs> the okay. Mueller report wasn't out till 2018, bish. Come on. Yeah. Like, <laughs> 2018. I thought it was like March 2019. It might have been. I'm losing my dates. It's so many years ago now. Uh, yeah, no, 2018. They were still, remember, they were still uh, deep. They, they, I mean, th- that could have been over. Oh, that's right. With. They kept they, it for the midterms. They were, yeah, they needed that for the midterms. Yeah. We're calling him an illegitimate president. And that was wrong. I should not have said that because he was not an illegitimate president. But that was how you felt. You had every right to say it. Oh, so now Whoopi Goldberg's okay with people calling someone an illegitimate president because they feel that way. But but the the bigger point there is now that they are safe, now they at least feel safe enough in a temporary sense where Donald Trump has been removed from office by hook or by crook, and they can now safely say – he wasn't illegitimate. I was just upset. But let's concentrate on the important things now. Now that we are back to where we are, let's just try to restore some civility, shall we? Yeah. These these little, these children. I knew this would get you out a little more here. However, yes. he remains a twice impeached, disgraced, yes. one-term yeah. president. Way, All of that is just, true. Okay. Woo! That's true. Uh, yeah, twice in peace. Uh, by the way, he remains twice impeached and disgraced uh, one-term president. Twice impeached over what? Over the same kind of childish, childish flailing that you just admitted was part of your whole illegitimate president Russia nonsense to begin with. So the fact that they have the political capital to actually make impeachments go forward at least in a ceremonial sense, because they didn't, they weren't able to remove him either time. Uh, she, she's just—I mean, this is just one admission after another that nothing is real. We are living under the whims of their emotional crises. <laughs> it gets better here. So there was good reason to investigate Russian interference in the 2016 election, no. and here's why. No. Say tw- it was good reason to investigate Russian intervention. Yes. Yes. The 2020 bipartisan report from the Senate Intelligence Committee, which was headed by little Marco Rubio. Yes. One of his boys. Right. Mm. This is what they found. The committee found that the Russian government engaged in an aggressive, multifaceted effort to influence or attempt to influence the outcome of the 2016 presidential election. Yes. OK. But so you were wrong. But the campaign well, okay. did not coordinate with the Russians. And that's where I think I was wrong. And I think you don't know that other people. But you don't know that. But we do know that. Keep up. Hope. Keep hope. Keep the hope up. <laughs> We do know that. My God, believe in something. <laughs> you you dumb hags. You dumb, dumb hags. Of course Marco Rubio would be part of a bipartisan effort to condemn Russia. They're always keeping boogeymen alive for us. He was he was the one that was interviewing Victoria Newland yep. last year uh, 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 last sp- this spring after Russia and Ukraine popped off. And, and had that canned exchange with her so that she can put it, go out there and say 100% if there's any biological thing or nuclear conta- uh, uh, event out there, it could only be the Russians. Mm-hmm. That is classic Russia. 
I mean, this is what they do. This is what bipartisan is. They keep war drums beating. That's that's what they do. Yeah, wait. So, What's it, Go ahead. Not, not just not. They're just they're so pathetic. And I wish they could hear this. I know. Me too. I wish, I, I wish we weren't, you know, in our own little dusty corner of the Internet. I wish they could hear this. They, they investigation, and we have to believe that when the FBI is, and the Department of Justice conducts investigations, we have to believe that that is another the tenet point of our This democracy. is about what. Okay. Now, here. As a private. Yeah, this democracy. is about what she said as a private citizen. Well, let's it, let's let's not forget she was a private. She wasn't even on television. Well, she was a private citizen. She was on television, by the way. Which is what I mean, freedom of speech is. Work- now, here's Alyssa Farah. Real quick, I think it's incredibly important. Right now, trust in our election processes is at a record low. Trust in the democratic process that keeps this country together for 200 years is at an all-time low. I think it is important that you know, very prominent Democrats did say in 2016, Nancy Pelosi called Donald Trump an illegitimate, illegitimate president. Right, but they're not talking about, not... he wasn't talking about Nancy Pelosi, he was talking about her. But I, I yes. agree. Now, that is a far cry from what Donald Trump did, which was refuse to leave office. Storm- what are you talking about? Refuse to leave office. He was gone. They, they, they inaugurated Joe Biden three minutes early. I, I. I I don't know what these people are talking about. Like, it's just an alternate version of history. It's an alternate reality. The fact that there are still at least a couple of million uh, stay-at-home moms that turn to these 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 nincompoops for opinions that they can adopt is so frightening. It's it's terrible. It's frightening. I'm so glad you got your mom to stop watching. Oh yeah, no, I'm glad she she she's. I was so happy when she told me on she because I didn't know until she told me on air that one time she came on the show with our family friend, Tony. And um, so I don't I don't I don't watch that anymore. I said, oh, that was that was so that was an amazing day for me. That That's that's amazing. He, here. The detail that Whoopi brings up about a regular citizen working for uh, MoveOn.org yeah. versus a, a president, I think it's always okay to question an election and it's okay to challenge an election. Oh. But eventually you get results from those investigations, the system flexing and working, and flexing. then you accept those. No. We had that with Al Gore in 2000, mm-hmm. Hillary Clinton, Clinton in 2016. Yes. They have- never accepted that President Trump was president. They never. tore down cities. Never. They never, they never, they never, uh, but, but this is just it. No, 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 they're, they're just looking for reasonable ways to explain why they still need to have exactly what they want right now. And, and it wasn't because they were unreasonable in the past. Maybe they were a little emotional, but it all has, it all has precedent. There is no precedent for what they did. The there is me- no precedent the for what they supported. There's no precedent. The memes of 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 the the people screaming on their knees as as cars were looted and destroyed in D.C. on on inauguration day still live on today, seven it's, years um, later. Yeah, no, and, and to and to say that 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 there's always been responsible challenging of election results, but they were adjudicated and the system flexed its muscles. Uh, Twenty twenty was the most largely ignored when you have tens of thousands of sworn affidavits coming in from all over the country about just physical, brutish 
um, activity at, at polling stations to make sure that people can't see the way that votes were being tallied and organized. That is on top of everything that we have heard from uh, from people who are transporting massive amount of votes over state lines, people who have been able to uh, analyze the, 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 the vote machines and the capacity that they can even churn out the results. They say that were being delivered in, in like an hour span of time. I mean, everything was it's the most largely ignored pile of evidence ever. People are being persecuted. Everyday people were just held up by Joe Biden as as insurrectionist enemies for questioning the outcome of the 2020 election. And these dolts are sitting up there talking about it being your right and free speech. Give me a break. There was an article that came out uh, two days ago from the AP about General Flynn. It was basically what they thought or tried to make a shellacking of him. And their biggest complaint in that article was that General Flynn has mobilized people at the local level to train to become poll workers, to get involved in the process, to basically go in and take back their rightful place watching over our elections and that he's been successful at raising money to do so. They made that action by the right a crime, whereas we had Zuckerberg pouring Billions of dollars into that very same effort for the left in 2020. And and even for decades before that, the left has controlled the watching of elections, the poll worker positions, the election or commission. They're so terrified that we might be on the ground floor because they can't be in every local jurisdiction, Frank. They can't do it. It's too big of an undertaking. They have relied on their minions in those places to take care of that for them. And they are largely incompetent morons. So we've come in and we've gotten busy and we've gotten dirty and we've taken it back. There's all over the country. There are people in these places right now doing what they were supposed to be doing forever. And that's a crime as per the AP. Well, I can't listen to any more of this. Oh, there is no more. I'm not playing anymore. We're done. Wow. Yep. Wow. I knew you. I knew you'd like that. (laughs) Jeez. Friday show. Uh, you guys have been listening to the Dark to Light podcast with. Thank God it's Frankly Val and. Beans. You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2.30 Eastern time on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple, iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and RadioInfluence.com. We shall return on Monday. Later. This is a Forking Around Town with Tracy Guida Quick Fix on Radio Influence. What I wanted to really um, share with you guys today is I, I like to do this every so often and share some of my favorite food products. So as I've mentioned many times on this podcast, you know, I go through so many ups and downs with, you know, working out and, and eating right. And then going through phases where I'm eating all the bad things and all the carbs and drinking all the wine. And over the last year, it's been such a roller coaster for me. And last summer I was in probably the best shape I had been in, in many, many years. And then once I started my new job, I was so focused on learning everything about my new position and I was really excited to have the opportunity to travel to different cities in Florida and of course explore all these restaurants. So slowly but surely, 
you know, weight started to come back on. And of course the holidays were around and, oh, I'll wait till January. Well, January came and I still kept, kept up with everything with eating. And I thought, damn, you know, it's time to really, you know, get back on track. And I started really looking back at some of some of my eating habits and what I was doing. And it, it really was a wake up call for me. And I thought, I'm pretty much doing a low carb lifestyle. I don't want to call it keto because it's my own version of that, but I am enjoying a lot of different keto products. So these products I'm going to share with you guys today, I have to say none of these were sponsored. They were not gifted to me. You know, I wasn't doing any sort of collaboration with any of these companies um, except for one. Everything was something that I found on my own and I purchased. And I have to say, I'm super in love with them. I'm actually reaching out to a lot of these brands to see if they would like to do something with me in the future. Forking Around Town with Tracy Guida can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and RadioInfluence.com.